So do you want to do a question? Do you want me to do a question? I can come up with a question. I was going to say I'm in the same boat. Like I've I feel like, like five and I keep forgetting them. Okay. I got a question. Okay. Okay. Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. So, uh, this is a question that's, it's, you haven't won any contests. I know a lot of the questions oh, you man. won contests and, yeah. uh, God is not, uh, doing any kind of special tricks for you. Yeah. Um, but in this one, I mean, God is just doing what God does, taking care of the world. Right. Making right. things awesome. So yeah. way to go. God, so God's still involved in this, just not part of this process. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, think back to, uh, Lil J. Little J. J Jr. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what was, uh, when you, when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, I think this still persisted into your era, um, Saturday mornings Yes, was the realm of kids shows. Yes. And it was like all of the, uh, the networks seeded their programming over to kids. Yeah. During that era, mm-hmm. what were the can't miss cartoons for young Jay Periwinkle Fryer. (laughs) Sorry, was I supposed to not give you a middle name? No, that's fine. That's fine. That's public knowledge. So Jay Periwinkle Fryer (laughs) sitting there. Uh, I'm glad you asked because I can go right back uh, to all of them. Please do. And in in at least one case, in like the case, I can tell you the reason why. And it's embarrassing and terrible and I'm happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I like everything about that. Yeah. So one... Gummy bears. Ooh, bouncing here and there? Yep. And everywhere? Yep, everywhere. I remember almost nothing about the show now. Yeah, there was not much to it. Yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, But I do remember every Saturday, that was step one. Get on your gummy bears. That was on the Disney afternoon. Yeah. So it was on weekdays, too. We did not have Disney Channel in the Periwinkle Friar household. No, it wasn't in the... uh, That was syndicated, baby. That was on local TV. Yeah. Because that's where, like, DuckTales and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, because it wasn't... uh, Oh, man, DuckTales. Darkwing freaking duck. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get dangerous. Yeah. 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 Uh, So that, uh, we brought it up in a previous episode, Masters of the Universe. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I'm a big He-Man guy. Yeah, that's quality. But then, uh, so I was young, as you can imagine, with a middle name like Periwinkle. Yeah. (laughs) Young Jason Periwinkle Fryer uh, got beaten up on the playground at school quite frequently. Uh, I, I hide it well with my clothing and, and fashion choices, but I was a bit of a nerd back then. No. Um, yeah, I know. Hard to believe. Yeah, I cannot. Can't see it. <laughs> so here was the thought process, truly, to my number one cartoon as a child, was I'm getting beaten up a lot. Yeah. I need to learn to defend myself. Yeah. Obviously, the best way to do that is martial arts. Ooh. And obviously the best place to learn that is not in a class. No. Not in a dojo. No. Not with a trained professional. No. But with regular viewing of Teenage Mutant Ninja yes. Turtles. Yes. Uh, I did not know where you were going, and I feel like an idiot now that I forgot and, and Teenage and Mutant Ninja Turtles was a thing. My friend, shout out to my friend Travis. Uh, we, in, we are in total agreement about that. The 1980s to 90s cartoon. Yeah was the pinnacle of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, absolutely. They the, tried to bring it back. Yeah, the first movie is decent. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. I even like number two. Number two is, is Secret of the Use? Yeah. B- oh, mainly because of your love of Vanilla Ice, right? Oh my it, yeah. gosh. You're all in. <laughs> ninja go, rap? Go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> ninja, ninja. Uh, three, when they did the time traveling, that, that was, was garbage. I was out by then. That was I don't think garbage. I even saw... I, I, lo- I, I loved those first two movies on a level that is surprising for how much I bailed on everything else. Yeah. 
Those were great. Yeah. But the cartoon with yeah. Brain yep. and Shredder yep. and uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Well, Bebop and Rocksteady are some of my favorite names for pets. I had, <laughs> I had uh, so in, in college, I had some fish. Yeah. Uh, I had a fish tank, and I had uh, <laughs> I got three fish. One of them uh, was named Optimus Prime. He was huge. <laughs> and the other one was named uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. So and, great. Uh, you know what was also great is that Ninja Turtles game. Yes. Oh, the, my gosh. The, at the arcade? The first one. Well, the arcade game was amazing. Yeah. They still have that at Kennywood. Really? Yeah. If you go to Kennywood and you go to the back of the arcade oh. uh, as of this day, as of last season at Kennywood, uh, and it's still only a quarter because I went in there with one quarter and played it for like 45 minutes <laughs> and like blew the mind of some youth group kid that was yeah. really... Um, but yeah, that was a great one because it had four people could play at the same time. Yeah. And uh, but no, I was thinking of the uh, the NES. Also good. Game. I that forgot was about that so one too. Great. And Who was your go-to of the, of the four oh, turtles? Well, Leonardo, obviously, in the game. Yeah. I mean, Donatello was my favorite. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, Michelangelo is a party dude. He was my guy. He's a party dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Because Raphael was cool, but he was crude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anybody under our age <laughs> listening to this has no idea why we're laughing. Yeah, through it. yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but also another great. So that was really good. Turtles two. I think there was a second game for the NES. It was not great. Not as good. Yeah. But um, the first game for the uh, Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. the Turtles in Time game. That game was great. I never had a Super Nintendo. Let's kick shell. That's what they said all the time. <laughs> Which I always thought was a funny thing to say because they're the only ones with shells. That's are they 100% beating true. each other up? <laughs> Do you know how this works? You're supposed to fight yeah, the bad yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very odd. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a solid. I completely forgot about about Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, that was. So my go-to, I was all in on the Garfield and Friends. Yeah, also good. Garfield and Friends, like so much, and like, but the any of the new Garfield movies or anything, like, there's a new Garfield show that's like computer Awful. animated, and they're terrible. Awful. Yeah, I don't even watch them because it doesn't have the right voice. No, nope. the guy who used to do Garfield died um but did it for like 30 years yeah like was in all of the specials and stuff like the halloween special and stuff and oh man they're great and my kids have watched them sometimes and they're way into it i watched the other day with my kids the 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 computer anime garfield thinking oh, it's terrible it would be great yeah, i got no. one episode in and you're right the voice is like yeah, they're trying like, to be ooh. the old voice yeah it does not yeah the, that was the great thing about that old garfield voice is that that was just that dude's voice yeah yeah, it was just a weird old voice. Yeah. It's like Don Pardo from Saturday Night Live, the <laughs> announcer that was on Saturday Night Live for like the long, until about three years ago. He died when he was like 96. Right. And he's like, musical guest, Hosier. But that's like, like who he, yeah, how he actually he, talks. That's how he, yeah, he's even all, hello, it's me, Don Pardo. <laughs> I'd like the Big Mac. <laughs> I'm a ghost. <laughs> uh, I, so I loved Garfield and Friends. I yeah. loved... Um, Oh, a pup named Scooby Doo was a really good. Oh one yeah. Too. yeah, 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 yeah. That was, uh, and it's like it, it shouldn't have been good, and uh, <laughs> I am perfectly fine with people not liking it, but I was really into that one. Yeah, there was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon that was only on for like a season, and really, it was, it was legit. Yeah, it was great. You know what else was great? This is a throwback to a previous episode now too, but the the Spider Man cartoon from the nineties. Yes, that was. Good. I'm trying I, to remember, like I, I don't doubt the goodness of it. I, I'm trying to check my brain to see how much I actually watched it. I, I don't think, think that was a Saturday morning. Cartoon. No, I think that was a Fox yeah. afternoon because they Fox had all the they had the X Men one too. Yeah, yeah. Those were of a similar genre. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, 
Um, but I think that also that's where the age gap between us comes to shine because it was a, a couple of yep. years that I think I was a little too old for the for the Spider Man one. That makes sense. That makes um, sense because there's a very tight window where that type of show makes sense for yes. you. The other, my other all time go to was Muppet Babies. Oh my Muppet gosh. Babies was probably the best Saturday morning cartoon. Yep. And you can't get it anywhere because all they did was like sample stuff. Yep. It's like a De La Soul record. Like it's just <laughs> filled with all these. So you can't get cleared. So like De La Soul is not on any streaming stuff right now. Not right. Their, not their first like five records because they're so good, but they sampled so many things that they didn't have clearances for at the time because you didn't need to. Right. And uh, the Muppet Babies would constantly be like turn on the TV and watch Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to say, they, yeah. they were big on Star Wars. Yeah, they'd play with that a Indiana lot. Indiana Jones and stuff like that. And stuff that they had the rights to at the time, but they don't have the like rerun rights to. So right. they just don't, you can't get that stuff on streaming and you can't. But man, that was a show. I loved that yeah. show. And then to a point, and this might be our age difference too. Yeah. I started on Muppet Babies. Yeah. And did not know that there was a Muppet show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that makes sense. I found that later in life and went, oh, my gosh. Well, and if you see The Great Muppet Caper. No, no, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, I love so that So Muppets film. Take Manhattan has the scene in it where they're babies. And that's where the yep. idea for Muppet Babies comes from. And they're yep. all dressed as they are in Muppet Babies. But yeah. That's the one where Kermit gets knocked on the head and has yeah. amnesia. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at me. Oh, what a great movie. Right where I belong. That's, I love I, making these podcasts and then having a new iTunes watch list yeah, that's yeah, yeah. like a mile long. Oh, man. That uh, Muppets, for my for my money, I mean, I think Muppets Christmas Carol is probably the best one, but mm-hmm. um, Muppets Christmas Carol, the best version of a Christmas Carol yeah. of any of <laughs> except for maybe Scrooged with Bill Murray. That like, also is super good. Um, but... Uh, uh, Muppet Take Manhattan, I think, is the best Muppet movie. Yeah, I, think. I would I would agree with that. Um, it's it's so it's so good. Oh man, is that the one where I can't remember what movie it's in? But Kermit's riding a bike. Yeah, oh, that's in the second one, I think. And 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 he it, it's because you know it, part of the and this is before like CGI and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, it, they're puppets, and there's a shot hang, of hang on, yeah, they're Muppets. They're Muppets. Yeah, Excuse this is me. a very different thing. Okay, <laughs> but there's a scene where Kermit is riding a bike yep and you can see all of kermit they do that in the first one but i think they do it in the second one where everybody's riding a bike and like there's a bunch of them riding bikes together and they're so self-aware kermit at one point says you figure it out <laughs> yeah and yeah. it's like yeah, yeah wait how is that how are they doing that and i think I never... that i think that's in the first one where he says you figure it out yeah yeah and then in the, the first age one's of... real tongue-in-cheek uh, like real meta it's constantly talking to you in the age of google i still refuse to look up how they did that because like i kind of want to preserve the mystery of yeah I want to live in the dark on that. Well, and it's also like the smooth criminal lean, like oh, the, yeah. in the video, the first smooth criminal Michael Jackson video. Again, I still have to, I have to make it clear. I'm not sure what to do with Michael Jackson right now. Yeah. On I'm sorry, yeah. everybody, but it's just part of my life. There so. was an era where he was incredible. Yeah. And, and I do have to say this. I think that, that, uh, Michael Jackson is his music and his videos are so much part of, um, cultural awareness yeah. that to completely throw everything out is would be it's like having your parents get divorced or something if you or if one of your parents do something 
not great, like turn right. into a not great person, right. not, not something scandalous like Michael Jackson, but something just not great. If you then eliminate all the good memories that you have of your parents, right. like that's not fair to you. And I think that th- this is, I mean, it's very much coming from a point of privilege and I realize there's more important things in this topic than right. whether or not I can listen to smooth criminal and be okay. <laughs> but I do, I, it is, it's a hard thing for us to deal with, with while honoring uh, victims of abuse and, and mm-hmm. people who have experienced great trauma and not to minimize that because we want our heroes to be super. Right. Um, but still there, there's so many of my memories and growing up and things that are attached to that music and those, those visuals, those videos and stuff yeah. that to, to throw the whole thing out is to, to rob our own lives of the good things that we experienced in the midst of that. 100%. All that is to say, I don't know how he bends in Smooth no. Criminal. In Smooth Criminal, there's a dance move where they lean, and it looks like a camera trick, but then they also did it live. Yeah. And I've seen where he had patented these shoes that allow him to do it, where he like locks in kind of like like crampons for biking or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I did, as soon as I saw it, I like stopped because it's like, no, it's magic. I don't, <laughs> don't want to know. <laughs> Had happened, and it still didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think right. you have to weigh eighty oh, pounds. Even, like even if, did. yeah, even if you're clipped to the floor, like yeah. the core strength required to do that, yeah, would and be... you would break your ankles. Yeah, there, there's so many ones. Like I, I loved cartoons when I was a kid, but that my, my uh, when I'd wake up on Saturday, I'd say that was I would call it kids' paradise when yeah. I was a kid. And they, they're trying now. Yeah, they've got. There's a plethora of nature shows and animal yeah. discoveries and Jack Hanna. The hard Hanna's thing is and- that there's also a hundred different channels. Yep. Like that's we. Uh, it, it's interesting being in your in your mid thirties in in your thirties at any point. I mean, yeah. but especially kind of the midway point on. Um, our generation has more in common with our grandparents' generation yeah. than with the the generation below us. In a couple significant ways, but one of the main ones is the proliferation of media. Yep. So there's just tons of media. So many choices. There are where there used to be for a while, if you didn't have cable, there were four choices. Right. Three choices and then four when when Fox became a thing. Uh, and then five when CWWB came a yeah. thing. Um uh but then uh if you had cable then your choices you had like sixty choices. Yep. And now you have there's like a hundred choices on cable if you have that. Then you have Netflix, which is everything, and Hulu and and Prime and there and just straight up internet like finding things yeah. through torrents and stuff. Right. Like you can if you want to watch anything that we just brought up, you could probably find on the Instant. internet within Instant. five minutes. Like in, with very minimal digging, you yeah. could find all of the Muppet Babies episodes, which are not available for download anywhere or streaming. You, you could find still them find them. Yeah. Um, and so it, just the, having that opportunity makes, um, there's, there's less of these, here are the three things that are on. Like mm-hmm. Smurfs was really popular, not because oh, it was yeah. a good show, but just because it was on. Yep. It was one of the things that it was on. And, and so people loved it and it was just a big commercial for Smurfs. Yeah. The were a thing where a toy. Yeah. And like GI Joe, GI oh, yeah. Joe stri- and He-Man, He-Man was a toy that then became a cartoon. Yeah. Like they came up with the cartoon simultaneously, but specifically to advertise the toy. Yeah. So GI Joe and, uh, he man and my little pony and all Turtles of these too, things, right? Turtles was a big, Turtles toy was line. A, it was a big toy line, but it was a comic book first. Yeah. A comic book, then, um, cartoon and the, and the toy line came out with the cartoon. Okay. Cause they were patterned after the cartoon. Cause the comic book was actually a little, a little mature. Really? Yeah. I don't think I ever did that. I just did the cartoon, right? So. Yeah, the comic book. I didn't see the comic book until much later. Um, and it was like, I think the original one was black and white. Um, it's yeah. Eastman 
I think it was Eastman and Eastman. I think it was like a father, son, or son, grandpa. I don't know. Something. There has to be a father in there somewhere <laughs> to, to make it work. What was the name of that rabbit that was in there? There was a samurai. It was a rabbit samurai. He was on the cartoon a little bit, but he was in the comics, and he had his own comic. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, Sun Zero. I can't remember, but he was cool. He's only on a couple episodes of the cartoon, but he was in the comic, and he was like, he was. It was a rabbit, a white rabbit that was a full-on samurai. Had samurai <laughs> outfits, everything. I yeah. love the absurdity of the whole concept. Oh, it's so great! It is uh, amazing. And Casey Jones. And, oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway. And for the record, watching that cartoon did nothing to help me. Oh, it didn't help you? No, it didn't give you. Any... I got beaten up on the regular until about a month ago. Well, they don't really fight without their weapons. You needed uh, either a nunchucks or a bow staff. And you believe me, every stick in the woods I found. Yeah, that was my bow staff. How? Like Leonardo just has just two just samurai swords. Yeah. Two of them. Like yeah. that's clearly the best. Right. Well, that's the apropos of your conversation about the game. Yeah. How do you pick anybody else? Well, and Donatello was good because the bow staff had big reach, but you were slower. Yeah. So the swing was slow, but you could reach, like you could swing down and hit people below, yep. like across things. But yeah, Leonardo. And when when the cool thing about the game is when you lost a guy, he was like, Ooh, and then like he like got knocked <laughs> out, like he didn't die, it just disappeared. And then you could play with one of the other three, right? Um, and uh, you just worked your way down to Raphael because he was terrible. <laughs> Like you'd start, Always you'd everybody's start with last Leonardo choice. And you're like, oh man. And then you go to Donatello and he's too slow with the swing, but he's really good. And he could hit more than one person at the same time. And then you'd finally do Michelangelo and then you get down to Raphael and with his sigh knives yeah. that were worthless. Yeah, because they were you had to get so close to the person. Yep. Oh man, I can still hear the music in my head. I'm, I can hear it right now. So good. I'll it's, be so proud of you if you find out. <laughs> it's totally gonna be there. It's playing right now. It's, you hear that music that's playing? That's, oh, oh, is that it? Yeah. That's the music from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can hear it right now in our ears. It's there. We didn't add that later. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's probably lined up. I'm Tyler, and I'm Jay, and this is Roughing, Roughing the, the Pastor. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but we, this is like the first serious that we've been out for a while. We've been so we haven't recorded for a month. No, just two weeks. No, it was before because last week was the lock in. So, the week before yeah. was my bike trip, and the week before that was Easter. You're right. We didn't so record on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been four weeks, and it's we have four episodes out. Yeah. So, that that adds up. Um, and uh, yeah, so we recorded it. We banked a couple. If you haven't figured that out yet, yeah. 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, because there's still a couple more to come before anybody will hear this. Yeah and, yeah, and actually there was a couple that we ended up sliding, bumping up in order, and then we had to readjust some things that yeah. referred to things. So yeah. uh, this may come out sooner than you think or later <laughs> than you think. So if you're hearing you know. this one, uh, uh, the, the proximity of this one to the Weezer episode will tell you how quickly yeah. we put this one out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, um, the kind of connected to what we were talking about before. Um, if you, we have said this before, uh, we are, we are two middle-aged white men, um, <laughs> which the internet just does not have enough yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. We are, uh, we are basking in privilege and, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I feel the, the need to apologize. And, and we really do. I, I do want to say we we are making our efforts. We're going to have guests at some yeah. point because yeah. our voices are not the most important ones. We are just we happen to be two people who like things and like talking about them. And hopefully it's interesting to listen to. But yeah. we are very aware of our limited scope and understanding of the world there are more uh, seats around the table and oh, we will we so. will fill them but but we want to uh especially as this is becoming something that more and more people are listening to we we let, we want to bring in some of our favorite voices yeah. to the table to engage with us hard thing is the time we record is not always conducive <laughs> to people's schedules even our own as today's oh, exactly. case might be oh yeah. my goodness and uh and the mic's setup is fantastic but limited to a geographical space so yeah. we can't even like do mobile things very yeah. easily yeah yeah, at some point maybe we'll do that. That'd be that'd be pretty cool if we didn't. Anyway, uh, so um, today uh, we put a qualifier before the Weezer episode that that even though this seems like a limited topic, um, stick with us because yeah. I think it has grand appeal. So today we're gonna, we are two men in our thirties. We are fathers of kids. Yeah. Yes, and uh, your boys are three, three yeah. and a half. Yeah, and uh, uh, my kids uh, range in age at nine and a half. Eight, six and a half. So it's a three-year span from oldest to youngest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the two boys are actually almost to have the exact same birthday. Like they, they're two days off. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so it really is like a three-year spread. Um, and so because of that, we have uh, we both have been in eras. I'm kind of at the back end of it, and you're at the front end of it of mm. children's media. Oh my gosh. And uh, we are in a. Uh, one might say we are in a renaissance of fantastic kid shows. One might also argue there are a plethora of garbage. Yeah, I was uh, it, 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 I was immediately going to go to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse yeah. and the insane amount of complaints and bewilderment that that show caused. Have you, are you familiar with this oh, phenomenon? Yes. Wait, so, the phenomenon of the complaints? Tell me about the complaints. Well, no, it's not I'm so much. I'm familiar with the show. It's not so much complaints, but I just have questions, right? Yeah. So, so for starters. It's okay to question. That's what the whole thing about this. And Questioning you, is okay. You got to put yourself in my position, right? So I have twin newborn kids. Yes. So in the beginning there, when I was home alone with them, the chaos of having twin newborns at the same time yeah. resulted usually in, oh my gosh, put something on TV to keep them quiet yeah. so I can have a moment of lucidity. Yeah, yeah. So this is as close to a moment of lucidity I get is watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. Why is it? I'm just going to quick fire the Go questions. Why is it that Donald Duck sounds like Donald Duck? Yep. <laughs> and Daisy Duck sounds like a freaking supermodel. <laughs> Daisy Duck is uh oh what's her Hello, name? Donald. Her name is uh my brain. She is a voice actress who's in a ton of stuff. She does a bunch of voices on Futurama. Yeah. She does a bunch of voices on The Simpsons. Marsha Hayden? No, it's not Marsha Hayden. That was that was um, 
Mr. Cr- uh, Mr. Crabapple. Crabapple. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's it's not? I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, Barnaby will tell us. Barnaby later. will tell us. Yeah. Dang it. Um. So, but yeah. So, so she has a voice that doesn't fit. No, both yeah. ducks. What's going on there? Uh, this is a age. This is not just Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but this is like Disney in general. Yeah. Uh, Goofy. Yeah. Is a dog. Right. Pluto is a. Uh, some other alien race. No, see, <laughs> this is my point, right? He's Pluto's, a dog. He's Pluto's a dog. a dog that behaves like a dog. Yeah. Goofy's a dog that play, behaves like a person. Yeah, is that his dad? Are they related? Uh, is there Sometimes any? Sometimes Goofy's walking Pluto. Right. What's going on there? This I didn't discover till recently. Do you know what Pete is? He's a dog. No. I He's looked a cat. this up. He's, He's a, a cat. cat. Yeah. But he looks exactly like he Goofy, does, just fatter. Yeah, he does look like a dog. Um Itchy ears. He, uh, somebody must be talking about me. No, what is it? Uh, if you have itchy ears, what's that mean? I think it means you're in a hot studio wearing over ear headphones. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> that old, that old wives' tale. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the whole scenario, the 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 cadre of Mickey Mouse characters yeah. make no sense. But then, okay, so specific to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, for those of you yeah. that are uninitiated, yeah, they have they go on this like adventure every episode. And yes. they have this little computer thing that floats around and has four magic items to yeah, give what's them. what's that thing called? Toodles. Toodles. Oh, toodles. <laughs> Which was great because my kids started anytime they wanted something early on would just yell, oh, toodles nice. to me. Nice. But toodles always provided you with three items. Okay. And then a mystery item. Yeah. One episode. And you figure out real quick that whenever the – like that, what order they're going to get used yeah, in. Yeah. Like, it seems like random things, but no. he always picks exactly what they need. Yeah. One episode, the mystery item, and it was one of my first episodes, so this may have biased me a little bit, but one of the episodes, the first, the mystery item was a jetpack. Oh. Why would you not just start with the mystery item every time? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, it yeah, could, that's true. If you get a jetpack, who cares what your mission is? Yeah. Just, Pull out the jetpack yeah, and mission, play with that. Mission's over. Let's yeah. go have fun, guys. Yeah, right. What? So that whole show... So, anyway, that was a big rant. Yeah, to, to, yeah. To well, the, and all of this, uh, as I started to think about this, I thought because uh, I'm, we're three slash six years ahead of you yeah. in the media game, yeah. um, that uh, I was thinking of a bunch of, you're right on the cusp of a bunch of things that, that we're right on the way out of. Yeah. And so I want to share with you yeah. some of the wisdom. And so to all parents of young kids, uh, this can be a nice little primer for here's some awesome shows to watch. Uh, and again, for for folks who don't have kids or or not in the age of watching this stuff, there is st- stick with us. There's there's there's, stuff, there's here. stuff here, and a lot of this stuff is is, I mean, it's worth checking out even just for a little bit just to get the perspective on it. So, again, we are in an era where there's just an overwhelming amount of media. Yes. So when I was a kid, there were for kids stuff for preschool stuff. There was like PBS. Yep, that's it. Your Sesame Streets, your yeah. uh, and Disney Channel came into being when I was a kid. Yeah. So like, and we had cable. Uh, like my, uh, we we were not the kind of family that would have cable, i.e., financially. Right. But we were just my dad just wanted cable, and so we're like, well, let's get cable, and it was great. And so we had one of those boxes that had the the clickers on the top, like it's and if you oh yeah yeah like old like. Yeah, uh, the sound effects help make it make yeah, sense. Yeah, I understood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we push little buttons, and then we when we when we were in Iowa, we had an actual like a proper satellite dish, not a dish network, but like a giant, like, yeah, old school war games. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to dish. play a yeah. game? And um, so we could see all this different kinds of stuff. But uh, and the Disney Channel was great, but it was not pre. It wasn't like Disney Junior or right. any of the stuff that's on there right now. 
um, it was a bunch of weird like Canadian shows. There was a show called Today's Special where there was a set in like a like a department store, and at night there was a mannequin that would come to life with this magic hat. It was, weird. Really, it was a really weird show. And there was a show, cartoon show or a Canadian show called The Raccoons. It was a cartoon and it was real weird. And then there was uh, there were all kinds of weird Canadian shows on that. Maya the Bee, Pinwheel. Pinwheel is another show. It was like See, a when Canadian I, Sesame Street. When I was growing up, Disney Channel was subscription. It was kind of like HBO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It and was subscription. I so we still. That was like the it. one splurgy thing that our family had done. Yeah. My, my dad was anti. Yeah. No. Anti the splurge. Yeah. We, and I think it was also so we could see pirate games. Like that was the other mm-hmm. thing. Just by getting the satellite. When we had the satellite dish, we could like tune into pirate games. Anyway. Um, all that is to say, uh, as, as we had kids, um, uh, and again, so like almost 10 years ago now coming into this media wave of all of this stuff and realizing like I was not, I did not want to get stuck in the situation that you found yourself stuck in where your kids are in love with a show that is annoying. Yeah. And, um, so I realized really quickly, one, there's tons of good shows and we had a DVR. So we, we didn't have to be, we weren't beholden to the timetable. Yeah. And so we, with all this good stuff, both old stuff, cause now you like, you were starting to be able to get stuff on DVD and things, it was like kind of pre streaming, but it was right in that era where things were kind of about to start doing that. Uh, Netflix was still just primarily DVDs at that point, which is a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, um, uh, I realized there's a bunch of good stuff and we can just watch the good stuff. At one point before I had any kids, I, I would often kind of say, uh, we're, my kids are only going to watch Looney Tunes. Oh man. And that's it because Looney Tunes are hilarious. So it'll teach you about what's funny and yep. it teaches you about classical music. It yep. teaches you about all, there's all these references and old timey movies, like all these references that I picked up when I was a kid, just because I watched Looney Tunes a bunch. And then when we actually got kids, I started to watch and I realized like, oh, Looney Tunes is incredibly violent. So we have yeah. to, we have to like, maybe hold off a little bit, but we watched it a little bit. Um, but then we realized there's a bunch of, uh, we, we had Dish Network at that point, and uh, there were, we realized there's a channel, Nick Jr., does oh, yeah. 24 hours of preschool stuff. Yep. And, um, and Disney Jr. was not a channel yet, but it was like in the mornings the Disney Channel was Disney yep. Jr. And um, so we started to DVR certain things. And I went in like real, the big turning point for me, before we had a kid, that I realized I don't want to watch this is Dora the Explorer. Oh. So I didn't watch, watch Dora. I mean, I love the idea of uh, someone who looked different than us sure. as, a, as a person that my kids could look up to. I did not want it to be Dora because she is so pushy. Yeah. She is so like, do it now. <laughs> like, and, and then like really forceful about how to do stuff. I was like, yeah. no, thank you, Dora. Why don't you ask? And the whole thing was silly. Like swipe or no swiping. Oh, man. Like why? <laughs> why does that work if you yeah. just say it three times? So we never watched Dora and we just kind of pretend like it didn't exist. We didn't like Hannah Montana, all that stuff. We didn't no. We were like, no, we just kind of, our kids didn't know it existed. Right. So, um, we got, so the three that we got into real big, we were right in the heart of a show called Yo Gabba Gabba. I've heard of this. Yeah. And it was, it burned bright. This, <laughs> this, uh, it was like the sex pistols or something that just had one giant album. P.S. Hang and, on. There is no way somebody's going to flag us. So I'm just going to say it out loud that we compared Yo Gabba Gabba to the Sex Pistols. To the Sex Pistols. I'm sure we are not the first person to do that. I <laughs> I'm guarantee. Go on the internet are. right now. Some no one else has type done in this. Yo Gabba Gabba and Sex Pistols. I think you will find multiple <laughs> hits of people having compared. So Yo Gabba Gabba is in retrospect. I'm very aware of this now. It was so 100 the hipster yeah. preschool show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was it was so great. <laughs> and it and and I think it's maybe on Nick Jr. right now still or something like that. But okay. it was. 
there's only like maybe 70 episodes uh, it didn't really teach you anything, uh, but it was, I mean, so it's for like where your boys are right now, mm-hmm. like, and maybe even a little younger than that, but it's still like my kids could watch it now. It's got a bunch of like awesome music and it had people like the shins and really, uh, Oh yeah. And like Matt and Kim and, uh, my chemical romance was on there really like, and they did. And Bismarck key was on there regularly. Wow. Uh, Mark, right. uh, Mark, uh, uh, oh man, I can't remember any names today. Uh, the lead singer in Devo. Uh, Mark, oh, Mo- Mark Mothersbaugh man. was regularly on there. Like he had a like picture pages. You remember picture pages with Bill Cosby? No. Another thing that uh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so uh, on Nick Nickelodeon, uh, he they used to do these interstitial things called picture pages, and he would like draw a picture with this magic marker that like sang songs. So it was like. Huh. Uh, but uh, Mark Mothersbaugh would do something basically like that on kids on uh, Yo Gabba Gabba, and it was just it was a great show. Like it was just straight up great, and it would teach you little things. Like uh, there was this one guy, this one character named Google, that just <sighs> cried all the time. Like he looked like a ghost, and his face was like fixed. They look like monsters or things, yeah, yeah, weird yeah. things like that. And he's crying all the time. And then this other character Tootie is like, "Come on, Google, go cry somewhere else." And they're like, "Be nice to Google." He's like, "He cries all the time." He's like, "Yeah, but some people are sad sometimes." Like it was really, it wasn't like try to cheer him up it's like yeah when you're a little kid and you get frustrated that yeah. this other kid's throwing fits all the time you just have to be like yeah just get that happens space. yeah yeah and uh so that was a great one that we figured out and i also when we first had um our oldest um and i had some i had paternity leave so i was off at first and i uh would just <laughs> regularly fall asleep on the floor uh just because i one i thought it was kind of funny and two i was just tired a lot yeah that's and cool. so uh like we put him to bed and i'd get up in the middle of the night to try to help with stuff and um, like change his diaper or something. Then I lay down and then I realized like, I want to know what's on Nick jr. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Right. And so I had looked forward on the, on the guide and found this show called the upside down show. And I was like, what is this? And this is another show that only had one season. Uh, the upside down show, I highly recommend it. Go look for it on YouTube. Uh, it is these two Australian guys who just kind of imagine, huh? And I mean, that's probably the best way to describe it. They just kind of pretend it's goofy but you kind of are learning how to that it's okay to pretend and it's okay. To, and it, it also, it's like kind of funny, <laughs> like not like little, it's, it's so goofy. It, it feels, I don't even know what it feels like. Like it feels a little bit like fly the concourse, but maybe that's just the accents, even though fly the concourse <laughs> is from New Zealand. Uh, it, and it feels a little like Monty Python, like the goofier Monty Python stuff, yeah. but it's always going somewhere and they're kind of pantomiming a lot of things. Like it's really, it's really, really good. Uh, but again, I think there's maybe 13 episodes of it. Huh. Uh, and we, uh, got those all on DVR and just watched those all the time. So that was a great one. And then, uh, as they got a little older, um, we found this show called imagination movers. Okay. So imagination movers, another show that's canceled there, but there's like 79 episodes, I think of that one. Imagination movers are, uh, it was these guys. So it, one of the things that you realize with, um, kid shows that a lot of them are animated right and uh there's the animated ones and then there's the people like there was a show called um fresh beat band that was terrible (laughs) and it it was like real people but so like bubblegummy fake like yeah all the like the wiggles yeah exactly that that genre yeah really kind of dumb um just overly happy stupid it felt like if a disney channel original show like hannah montana or Lizzie McGuire like had a baby with the Wiggles. Where does that fit? This might be a tangent, but yeah. where does that fit with like? Remember Sharon Lois and Bram, the yes. Elephant Show? Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like that was better. That than... was better, but it was also like the, like the Sharon Lewis and Bram were like these are if you went to the library and there was someone like singing there. Yeah, that's what that felt. Yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas the Wiggles was very much a multimedia experience. Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair yeah. way to categorize. And the Fresh Beat Band was that too. And so I we saw this Imagination Movers, and I was like, more of this. And it was live action, so it's like these four guys uh, who were like in jumpsuits, and they the whole premise is they solve problems. Right. So you come with them. You have a, a situation that needs some imagination. Uh, come with us. And then they'd sing these songs and the songs were like really good. Yeah. And they were like uh, kind of, they sounded like the best parts of like 80s songs mixed with like the best parts of like now. And after a while you realize like, oh, they're playing this. Like they aren't, this isn't the monkeys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. Pretending. And it's like Freshly Bands, it's clear that they're not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> um, and there's a, a bunch of different ones. Like like there's a thing called the Doodle Bops and stuff mm-hmm. like like a bunch of weird things. And so the I remember started, we got a little bit into this Imagination Movers and I was like, this is going to be dumb. <laughs> Look at these guys goofing. And then it, like we got all the way through and it was like, and they made references to like Groundhog Day, like just real <laughs> on the sly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like one guy's like, uh, oh man, it's cold out there today. And uh, the radio is like, it's cold out there every day. And it's like, whoa. Oh. Yeah. And um, this is just subtle and little things like that. I was like, ooh, I think I will keep watching this. Yeah, and then right. we got um, real in Imagination Movers and they had their own albums and stuff. And then we realized like it is just these four guys who are friends who made a band and started performing in like local shows in New Orleans because they're from New Orleans. And then uh, got the show on Disney Channel and like made the show in New Orleans and like had it. So it was, it was really, really good. And then it went off the air. And we got uh, the only way you could get the shows for a while were from iTunes. Huh. And so we bought them from iTunes and then had to get an Apple TV to get it. So I credit the Imagination Movers for uh, <laughs> your Apple TV for giving us for making us buy an Apple TV and changing our lives for the better. <laughs> um, but that was a great one. And the, the best thing about it, once you got into it, was that these weren't much like the Wiggles or the Doodle Bops or Fresh Beat Band or all these other things or even um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, where mm-hmm. it's just like pandering, kind of like what do you want to do with this? Yeah, blah, right, blah. right. Um, these were guys who were like, how how can we work together to solve problems? They always like failed, but then succeeded. And it was like, we, each of these four guys had different abilities and they can all help with different things. And, and then the music was like good music. Like yeah. it's the kind of music that as we became, uh, as a parent, you end up listening to a lot of kids' music in the car or yeah. things like that. And sometimes you just get it stuck in your head in frustrating ways. But there were other, like with movers music and definitely Yo Gabba Gabba music, we would, there were times when the kids weren't even in the car and I realized like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to the movers album. Like it's just like good stuff. Yeah. And so that was really, and, and I think that there is a lot of times the children's programming can become like a, like a babysitter. Yeah. And that, and it's so easy to be like flashing, like jingling your keys in front of them. Like there was one, uh, there are these uh, videos called Baby Einstein. Yeah, Baby Einstein videos basically like which there was such a debate about whether it was actually helpful or not. They made they advertised them at first as like this will make your baby a genius, right? And uh, then there were then, then it came out like, as like actually there's no real evidence of that. Yeah, they're not going to hurt your baby, right? But, but uh, they're not making it. They're not yeah. making any noticeable improvement. So uh, the one thing that I, that you can get out of that is that your kid will learn classical music, get familiar with classical. Yeah, music. right, right, right. Even though it's played on like a baby piano <laughs> uh, little so, tykes yeah. xylophone ding, or whatever ding, 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 yeah ding. 
So there was one though called uh, Baby Mozart that we had gotten from the library. Yeah, uh, and then ended up with a copy of it somehow. <laughs> somehow, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and we played it all the time, and it was so soothing, and it was great for us as adults when you wanted your brain to go on screensaver. Yeah, so I highly recommend, and then you can find that on YouTube too, Baby Mozart. If you want your brain to go on screensaver for twenty minutes, because <laughs> it's just classical music and then watching someone play with toys, and, yeah. it, and it's like the kind of toys where it's like the the. Um, like the gel and the oil that separate when you flip it upside down, like oh, little balls yeah, drop and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And there's one where it's like these like mechanical penguins go up the slide and then down the slide and then up the <laughs> stairs and down the slide. Well, and see, that's interesting because that, uh, as you were telling, uh, going through your experience, I think mine's a little different mm. in an interesting way in that we have no cable now. Yeah. Uh, we did when the boys were first born, but pretty quickly got rid of it because the Apple TV is yeah everything you want about cable except it's self-selecting. Yeah. So I don't have to go find the show that's on Nick Jr. You know, midnight or one in the morning or whatever. Yeah, it's just all available to oh, me. Oh yeah. Um, but the same principles apply. So like my boys got in hot and heavy for a while to this thing on YouTube called Educar Toy Stool Toy School. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? I, a little okay? bit. Educar <laughs> Toy School. I'm fine. It's good. <laughs> I'm glad it's not Toy Stool. <laughs> toy Stool. Yeah. No, but it 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 is YouTube videos with ridiculously dumb music it's not even classical music but it's just people playing with cars oh nice that's it it's that's the the craziest thing my kids right now are real into watching people play specifically this one guy play minecraft yeah his uh, his name's think noodles the (laughs) think noodles is is a minecraft and he's a and it's not just like him chatting it like he'll talk about what he's doing and he doesn't swear or anything he's like real nice so if you ever parents if you're looking for a good way and the videos are like between 15 and 20 minutes or yeah and you just watch it through he's real nice but that that was the discussion Sarah and I had was we've been watching these Educar Toy School shows because it was a pacifier. Yeah. And at some point we had to be like, you know what? N- no. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, so we straight up lied to our kids. If my kids go back and listen to these old episodes, oh, sorry guys. I'm going to come yeah. over to your house and be like, let's watch Educar- Education we, Star School. We, we were like, oh, our house doesn't have that anymore. That's, like, like, it, that's it all right. Broke. I got it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're your problem <laughs> from there stream on stream it up to your TV. Yeah. <laughs> But that, but that became a very real conversation of like, what's the difference between something that's actually helpful, yeah, and what's just pacifying our kids so we can have ten minutes of yeah. quiet thought. And you know? and and the hard thing, the debate is like really, it's a bit of both. Like all yeah. of our, so um, I, there's so much media out there that you don't want to overwhelm your kids, right? But a lot, if you find the right stuff, it really does help. Sure. In the right amounts. And like all three of our kids excel at school. Yeah. And they're really like musically inclined and stuff. And I think that their musical inclination and their problem solving skills are directly related to imagination movers and um, even Blue's Clues. Like yeah. Blue's Clues is one. Like I went in real negative on that one too. It's like this show is dumb. And then I watched it and I watched the way that, that my oldest was interacting with it. Like he was talking and he was solving clues. And then I read this article about how they did it, how they put it all together and was like really blown away by it. Yeah. And was like, this is actually a good show. Now I'm only talking Steve episodes. Yes. Correct. Yeah. The it Van, took a turn. The Van Hagar of, uh, <laughs> of blues clues is when, uh, the other guy comes in. Yeah. Who, not, he who will not be named. Not okay. Yeah. So there are no episodes no. after Steve goes to college. No. Uh, and, and I don't know, it's the same show, but it is, it is exponentially worse. He made that show, man. Like oh, it yeah. was just and, and you, you like you said, like you watch it and you're like, that can't possibly be any good. Something about what he was doing as an he actor. Was, and he's so connected to the kids. Like he yep. was 
he was talking to kids and the kids were paying attention and responding. So they weren't passively watching. They were actively engaged in what was going on. Yeah. And it was really adorable. Like even my youngest, when he would watch it, he would talk to the TV and not um, like absentmindedly, but like he would really like engage with it. And he still knew it was a TV, but it was like the TV's asking a question. I want to help solve this thing. Yeah. Even rewatchably, like there's good stuff. It just kind of, it, it, unlike Dora, who says, you must do this. Yeah. Steve was always like, do you want to do this? Yeah. And my, was kid, my kids were always like, sure, I do. Let's, yeah. let's do it, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I always thought like, Blue, just tell me what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, let's We not, don't need to make yeah. a big deal out yeah. of this, man. I know. Oh, Blue, you're scared? Just tell me what you're scared of. Don't yeah. let's set up some elaborate thing that we're going to stumble <laughs> our way through. There was a good episode, too, where Steve gets real sad because he realizes he never finds the clues. It's always us that find the clues. Oh, and he feels that's bad. He's self-aware. Like, it was really, really interesting. It was like, and again, like a really kind of, it developed empathy. Yeah. Because like as kids are like, oh, yeah. And then the rest, like, so then in that, like the character's like, hey, don't don't point it out just let steve find it yeah and then steve like finds the clue and he's like i found that one because it like you don't realize until he says it that he never actually finds them we're right. the ones who find it, it it's always us yeah so us. but i was never on the blues clues train that was just I, on the outside i was of, always finding those clues like yeah. you, it is funny too you'd be what, like tired and watching it and you'd be yeah like, there it is yeah <laughs> Got it, Steve. Sarah oh, always, it was Periwinkle. Periwinkle did it. Yeah. yeah. Sarah always talks about, you know, she'd get frustrated with Donald Duck on, on Mickey Mouse <sighs> Clubhouse. Be like, how can you not know it's the rake? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the deal, man. That's, again, just tired And parents. I really wanted to like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse because I really, I love, I'm a big fan of Disney. Yep. I'm all in. I don't care. I'll give them my money. Um, <laughs> and uh, as, as, as mentioned in the thing that we might cut out, uh, big fan of They Might Be Giants. Yeah. And they do the opening and closing song. Yes, they do. I, and that closing song, by the by. Hot Dog? That's the best song. Hot, hot Diggity Dog. Yeah. I did say, and I think this is still true, that if you, uh, I had posted this recently on some social media, that um, if you really want to know who I am, like get to know me, if, you, if you're not a friend of mine, or if you're a friend of mine and you want to know me better, listen to the full catalog of They Might Be Giants. Yeah. Just shuffle through it. That's pretty good understanding who I am. Like the whole spectrum, because they have a bunch of kids at records, but it's a lot of stuff that's kind of like joke songs, but not really. Like they're kind of serious. Like they have a song called Meet James Ansor, which is James Ansor <laughs> was a, a Dutch painter from the, or Belgian, <laughs> I think, uh, from like the 1800s. And uh, in the, they have a documentary about They Might Be Giants, which I'm in. Yeah, because we were what? at a concert. Yeah, Adrian and I were at a concert when we were in college, and uh, they, so we're in it. We're like solid, just the two of us on screen for like a, a three, like a, a three Mississippi's. Wow. So they don't talk to us or anything, but at one point they're like, "Yeah, the like the, the the fan base for They Might Be Giants keeps getting younger and younger," and we're like in our twenties. Yeah, point, they're talking about twelve year olds and Baby then they face. show us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they so meet James Ensor. They asked him like, "What's that song about?" They're like, "Oh, he's a really good painner." It's like that's it. There's like, nothing deeper than that. Yeah, that's it. Like, no, it's like, like he really is. He's really good. Yeah. Like you should. Uh, it's like doesn't mean anything. It's like no. It's just you should meet James Ensor. He's a really, he's a really nice guy. Uh, so, um, all that, all of those different things. Um, and when I was growing up, the big shows. There were the two big shows. Yeah. That were. I mean, there was kind of the extra cable stuff. But even really, when it came down to it, there was Sesame Street. Yep. And there was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. And there's an article um, that I had sent to you. I can't remember who the guy that wrote it is. I'm I sure think, Bartleby will tell us later. Yeah, right. So 
uh, that article really shined some light for me. So I was very much like I was pre Elmo yep. in terms of when I because I uh, again very much was born in seventy nine, late seventy nine. So grew up in the eighties. Uh, in my pre my Sesame Street years are all in the eighties. Yeah, and Elmo kind of comes into play late in that game. Yep, but he the show is not turned over to him. So when I was watching the show was very much in this article um, points out basically the article is about the elmification of Saturday of uh, it's not Saturday Night Live uh, <laughs> Sesame Street and how Them much too. that had uh, kind of ruined everything yeah and um, uh, the, and the point was that when the show was first started um, the entry point the kind of analog that the kids have is Big Bird yeah. Big Bird is kind of you yeah. as a kid and Big Bird is envisioned to be about six years old and Big Bird is constantly asking why mm-hmm. and people are constantly telling big bird well you just can't do that big bird and then he says well, why and they're like because that would hurt this person or because you have to wait in line or because you have to do these things right and there big, was something for big bird to learn yeah, and in big the question bird why. always learns yeah and i mean he still has questions he's still like a kid yep. but the lesson was this world has a lot to teach you mm-hmm. and sometimes learning means changing yep. because we live with other people and so you can't just have whatever you want all the time. You have to recognize other people. And like there was a great episode where Mr. Hooper died because hmm. uh, the actor spoiler in real alert. Life, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> the actor <laughs> in real life, or did he? Uh-huh. Uh, but then it, so Mr. Hooper's gone, and Big Bird is like, "Well, when's he coming back?" And they're like, "He's not coming back, Big Bird." Yeah, he's like, "Well, that's not fair." He's like, "I know it's not. It's it's sad." Right. And it, but that was so real. Yes. And, yes. And, and like things that a child might actually come across in real life and so you'd go into that thinking i'm big bird and Mm -hmm. i will learn and i should be like big bird and ask questions and not be upset when i have when i'm told that i have to learn things right 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 along comes elmo (laughs) elmo who is instead of a six-year-old is supposed to be like three yeah and so Elmo, one, talks like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so not like a three-year-old. No. Talks like an idiot. My three-year-olds have way yeah, better vocabulary yeah. like, than Elmo. Elmo with pa. Like, yeah. he just uh, is always, he's, uh, he's annoying. Um, Which is not the point. No. And I, I hear that. Yeah, exactly. Because he is annoying, and a lot of people are just straight up annoyed by oh, yeah. Elmo, but yeah. that's the not the problem. The problem is not that Elmo's annoying, because I'm okay with Elmo on certain levels. There's, right. I'm, I don't mind that. Um, but the shift of the show moves from... Big Bird being the main focus yep. to Elmo being the main focus. Part of that was Elmo became ridiculously huge. The Tickle Me Elmo phase oh and all gosh. this stuff. Like Elmo became this media cultural phenomenon that unless you live through this era, you have no bearing on it. Right. It's like TRL, which we mentioned. <laughs> like That was such a huge part of oh, our yeah. culture. And now it's not even a thing that anyone can ever remember. Right. Um, or relate to. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense uh, in this context. But, but the same thing with Elmo. Suddenly, like there was a year... When the Tickle Me Elmo was the most important gift you could get at Christmas. Yeah. People were literally beating each other up yeah. in stores. They made a whole movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. called Jingle All the Way specifically because of the Tickle Me Elmo. Thing. Super funny, if you ask me. Oh. That's a good movie. Yeah, I don't know how to respond to that statement. <laughs> uh, so anyway. I enjoy <laughs> The straight up slapstick, and that's all that movie. I show is. up for Sinbad. I'll show up for Sinbad all day long. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Elmo comes in, and where it used to be that the Big Bird would have to learn from things, Elmo would come in. People would say, "Elmo, you're not allowed to do that," and Elmo would say, "But I want to do it." And then they say, "Okay, right." And so then the lesson becomes like Elmo imagines things, and that and like Elmo's world is like him pretending, but then. It's never clear that that's pretend like that then right. becomes like this mix of reality 
And Elmo is constantly asking people to do what he wants to do. Yep. And they're always doing it. Yep. And so they'll, we have that same kind of situation where before there was a problem, Big Bird would say, well, I don't want to do that. And people say, well, you kind of have to. Yep. Like, And we all have to. Right. Like, that's just one of the responsibilities of being in the neighborhood is that we have to think about other people. And now Elmo's in that situation where he has to do something. He says, I don't want to do that. And everyone's like, okay, Elmo, we'll just yep. do what you want to do. And that has dramatically changed the message of the show. 100%. Because the message of the show used to be the world is big and sometimes scary, but you'll have people who will protect you. But right. in order to live with people, sometimes you have to make sacrifice. You have to not get to do what you want to do all the time. You have to make concessions. And now the message of the story is the world it may be scary, but you can just escape to your dream world. And whenever you encounter something you don't want to do, yeah. just tell people you don't want to do it and they'll do what you want to do. And I don't remember. You sent me that article actually in prep for this podcast, yeah. but you'd actually send it to me before we had a podcast. Oh, I did? Yeah, because it, it was relevant then, too. Yeah, um, cause, always relevant. Because I watched Sesame Street growing up. <clears throat> My voice did something awesome there. I watched Sesame Street growing up. And then came back to it when I had kids, and the elmification had just like saturated it. Oh yeah, like he he leaked in for a little bit, and then he just like oh it it's blew awful up. now. Yeah. But the other thing that got missing, because that's all true about like Elmo gets whatever Elmo wants. Yeah. But the other thing that's missing, the big world piece of it, like the Sesame Street I remember, yeah, was a pretty good mix of like the Muppets and people. Yeah. And a pretty diverse people yeah like you got the sense that there was actually a street in new york city yeah it was in the city that yeah. that you know people for a would... kid growing up in iowa like that was huge right and people of every color you can imagine you can now go whole episodes and never actually see a human yeah yeah it's all the muppets and that, and that's okay i guess but there's a point at which you know the diversity of like i we go to new york city every year and i coming from pittsburgh which is not spoiler alert like the most diverse place in the world I love going there and interacting with people that I wouldn't normally see. Yeah. And that was a big part of Sesame Street when I was a kid was like, oh, wait. It's a place that may exist in New York City. Right. And it's gone now. Yeah. Like, it's just not a part of it in part because Elmo sells. Thanks, Giuliani. Yeah. (laughs) Change in New York. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Uh, But but I think- By the way, the the article is by Kevin Wong. It's called uh, How Elmo Ruined Sesame Street. Yeah. From Kotaku.com. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that site. reputable news source. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, the, all that is to say, um, I think, well, and one other thing to go along with it. So, the other big show was um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yes. So, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> Both of them. Yep. Uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, Growing up, so I, again, grew up in Iowa. I was born in Pittsburgh, grew up in Iowa, uh, came back. My, my grandma always lived around here, around, around Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, just a little north of the city. And um, the local Pittsburgh, there were two Pittsburgh um, PBS channels at mm-hmm. that point. And they both showed Mr. Rogers a couple times a day. And so you could catch it. So there was like four different Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And my grandma didn't let me watch TV when I was at her house, except for Mr. Mr. Rogers, which meant that when I was standing there for a whole day, I'd get four Mr. Rogers. Four good shots. Yeah. yeah. And Mr. Rogers is great. Oh my and gosh. this is, and I, I really appreciate this kind of era that we're living in where, where Mr. Rogers kind of resurged. And I hope we're, it feels like it's waning a little bit, but that movie's going to come out with Tom Hanks. And I think that'll bring it back. Yeah. Up. But, uh, but I do, I mean, again, I mean, kind of with the Michael Jackson thing we, we talked about going in, 
so many of the people that we have loved growing up, that our heroes, our role models, and things like that, they all fail. Mm-hmm. They because they're all human, right? And that's and they're allowed to be human. I mean, now when that humanity ends up really hurting other people, that's a problem. But right. but no one is perfect. Right. Like people are willing to point out the flaws in Martin Luther King or the flaws in all these different people, and that and no one is they're not Jesus. So, right. So they and we should they shouldn't be. The weird exception, and not he's not Jesus either. But the weird exception has been Mister Rogers. Yep. Like there's been so many. Rumors about Mr. Rogers like has tattoos up and down his arms or used to be a Navy SEAL or something like that. Yeah, no. And none of those are true, which is ironically kind of true about Bob Ross. So Bob Ross doesn't have tattoos up and down his arms, but Bob Ross was, I think, a Marine really? um, who was like a drill sergeant or something. <laughs> like something real intense like that. And yeah. part of he got into painting because he just was tired of being angry. Yeah. And like he had he had uh, gotten a, a honorable discharge from the army and just didn't want to do that anymore and didn't. Like became this like super pacifist and it's just like, let, I'm just going to, I've spent enough of my time, uh, enough of my life with aggression. I'm just going to let go. Yeah. And I'm just going to be this guy who tries to spread peace and love and, uh, <laughs> and happy trees and happy trees. And always said, God bless at the end of his thing. So, yeah. but Mr. Rogers the, and, and even now and my, so we'll watch reruns of Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. and, and there was, um, there's this website called Twitch that you can stream watching people play video games and stuff like yeah. that. It's a video game streaming thing. And for two years in a row, they didn't do it this year and it made me really sad. I was really hoping it was going to be a regular thing. They did a marathon where they showed every single episode oh, wow. of Mr. Rogers. And it takes probably like 16 days, wow. maybe 20 days because it's he went for a long 30 run. years worth of stuff. And so yeah. the first year and a half is all black and white. So you get like 80 episodes that are black and white. Yeah. And then, and I would. I started just streaming those like while I'd be at the office or something, just kind of have it on the background awake. Like when we watch TV at home, like the kids would be like, ah, Mr. Rogers. And then immediately they get cut, they'd get knocked into it. And so, um, the, uh, um, the pace of Mr. Rogers mm-hmm. is amazing. And yeah. like he would do things and he would let it take as much time as it needed to It'd be like, Hey, let's clean up. Like he would, maybe build with some play-doh and then he's like now let's walk let's clean up and at the yeah. end of every episode he always cleaned up and if he didn't have time he would make a point to say i'll clean that up later yeah right and so he, i'm coming back to that yeah. yeah yeah and he would go and there was one so so the pace of it is still something that we need it's so mm-hmm. different than even like sesame street was kind of the opposite that all of the shows that i love uh that i said before yo gabba gabba imagination movers all those things still even curious george was a really good show yeah uh oh man odd squad odd squad is probably the best so i highly recommend odd squad it's above where your kids are right now it's on pbs and it's so funny yeah that's a show that i've just straight up watched when kids weren't there (laughs) i highly recommend odd squad it's all about math um but uh so mr rogers the pace that mr rogers moves at is the pace that the world that our life Mm -hmm. natural life works at yeah so like you watch a half hour episode of mr rogers it takes about as long as any of that stuff would take in about half an hour aside from when he walks from place to place yeah right right one of the best things, so there was an episode where uh, my kids really like Domino's, and probably because of this episode, and so and we watched some Domino's stuff on YouTube and things like that, but there's one episode where there's this guy who comes and sets up Domino's and... and uh, like the knock it over kind? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, yeah, not playing Domino's, like right. the game, but like setting him up. Right, right. And uh, he's at Negri's Music Shop, and he sets him up in the back room, and, and there's like 500 Domino's, something like that, that he had pre-set up. And they show all these different things it's going to do. And one of the things it's going to do is it's going to go up these steps and then hit this one domino that's on a string that will swing and knock another domino into a cup of water. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's two of those. And so uh, they finally set off the dominoes and it's going and the camera's just falling it all around. It's awesome. 
and uh the first one goes up the steps knocks the domino in the glass of water and they're like oh that's amazing the next one when it comes to the next one it goes all the way up and they they falter at that point and uh, it doesn't stop the larger domino thing but it doesn't knock in the cup right and the guy who set it up goes oh that one didn't fall right and right away mr rogers you can hear him just say but look at all the ones that did yeah and every time i see that i was like oh that is what we need like yep. And and when I watch that stuff, like that's what I need as a as a grown man. Yeah. Because I can we can spend so much time focusing on the things that didn't work. Yep. That Mister Rogers is just right there to say, but so much of this did work. Well, and that that brings up a a great I think bigger point to all of this that I've been thinking through the whole conversation mm. is the difference between what we want and what we need. Yes. Um, because like you and I had a conversation at the last, uh, new Wilmington mission conference we went yep. to Mr. Rogers was kind of like the theme. Yeah. And I said, I don't know if this was you with that. You guys are kind of like merging in my yeah. mind. Yeah. That works. But I said like, Mr. Rogers is having a big cultural revival right now. Yeah. Right. Like there's the movie with Tom Hanks. There's that documentary that came I'm, out. I'm in that movie, by the way. Are you really? I'm, I'm an, I'm an extra in the, in the Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks movie. No way. Well, well I was there. We'll see if I make it on screen. Excellent. If I do, though, I'll make a big point out of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Walking yeah. around in my 90s clothes, it's we'll great. Have, we'll have a, a special screen. Yeah, we can. Uh, but, but I was saying, like, he's having a big run. And, again, I think it was you that said, like, let's I think. Let's say it was. Like, I, yeah, because yeah. it was brilliant. So let's just attribute okay. it to you. <laughs> that this is what our culture needs right now. Yeah. We're so vitriolic and angry and, like, pushy. And you can point at all kinds of places that I won't name on the podcast for yeah. that. But, like, our culture kind of needs the opposite of that. And that's Mr. Rogers. Yeah. The times that, that I uh, um, was watching the marathon, and especially when I was watching it with no kids, I could be watching it work, and like he'd just be saying something. Yeah. And j- just like the thing about the dominoes, like that wasn't the point of the episode. No, but, but it, it hits just you. Quick, quick little aside that I was like, yes, I needed to hear that. And and to, I've joked a couple of times that Mr. Rogers is my pastor, but straight up, but Mr. Rogers is my pastor. Legitimately, because yeah. A, went to PTS, yeah. I'll claim the heck out of him. Yep. But that was his mission. That was his ministry. Was yeah. he was a pastor, ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church. Yep. And instead of his congregation a, were the people who watched the show. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And yeah. that's and it's not and not just figuratively, like literally, that's what he was ordained for. His right. ordination papers say because my wife works at the Presbyterian, she found his ordination papers. Oh whoa! And it says straight up, like it's specialized ministry, which is like being a missionary or a mission coworker right. or starting a new church development. His specialized ministry was to create children's programming to minister to to basically to to be Christ-like yeah. in this place, and he never talks about Jesus. I was gonna say that's the other piece of that yeah. is that like there's so much Christian media out there that is so overt to the point of annoying. Yep. yep. Mr. Rogers did more Christian missionary without ever saying the word Jesus. Yeah. And not even like VeggieTales style where no. it's like only Jesus at the end. Like, right. Like not at all. Yeah. Didn't didn't ever even say God, I think, right. on there. Yeah. Except that <laughs> there was so much Jesus oh, in that show. It's, it's the most Jesus you're going to get anywhere. Right. Because he's just living it yeah. and not overtly speaking it. And the one clip that gets shown a lot, but it's so helpful too, is like the the there's one time he interacts with the kid who's quadriplegic. Hmm. In a, in a wheelchair who had had a surgery when he was like nine months old and he had to fuse his spine. So I think he, his arms could move a little bit. I think his legs could move a little bit, but he couldn't walk and he, he was in the wheelchair his whole life. Right. And the way that he talks to that kid is so beautiful hmm. because he's so curious about him, but never, so he never, he talks about the wheelchair. He's like, tell me about your wheelchair. Tell me about what happened. And, and uh, he's like, that must've been pretty hard, but it's so great. And, and, and like this, I'm so glad to talk to you. 
And I'm so glad to do like, and just really listened, but then really affirmed. And a lot of times I think when we have hard things, we either ignore it yeah. or we won't stop talking about it. Right. And he never, he wasn't trying to solve this kid's problems. Nope. He just wanted to know about this kid. Nope. And this kid lives in a wheel, in a wheelchair and the kid knows he does. Yeah. So to pretend it's not like, like it's a not, new, breaking news yeah, to him, right? To pretend like this is this wheelchair is not there is not helpful to the kid. Yeah. But to only to treat the kid differently because he's in a wheelchair is not helpful either. Right. And Mr. Rogers saw everybody as a person in a way that really um, was inspiring. And so to to bring it all into all this, like the theology of of children's shows, like I think that kids TV can become a tool. Yeah. For the tired parents to uh, pacify their kids, uh, almost like jingling keys in front of a baby will yeah. get them to stop crying. And um, so a lot of times, because that can become so good, we we can. the problem is you cannot really think critically about the kind of stuff that you're putting in front of them. And it's just whatever gets them to quiet down the yeah. quickest, which yeah. is how you end up with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and uh, and and door the explorer and all the kinds of things that could be obnoxious yeah. and just keep my kid busy so I can go eat my pop tart exactly and, and exactly all the day. I mean, literally, it's like a pacifier. Yeah. Like we don't really care what the pacifier looks like no. as long as it works. Right. Um, right. And the the interesting thing about all that, I mean, so part of this whole conversation about going uh, too in depth for this is that there are a plethora. Of hmm. good options. Good word. So there's there's all kinds of crap out there. Yes. Um, that that is just shiny images that our kids can watch. But there's also good stuff. And right. so you can and good stuff not only for kids that they can learn from it, but good stuff that is not bad for us as parents to watch with them. Right. And to think through some stuff. Like exactly. Some, there's some kids shows out there that make me kind of like yeah. Whoa, whoa. Well, and that's what, like I I, I mean I kind of talked I've been talking about the Imagination Movers for a while. It's a good show, and yeah. it's stuff that has helped me. And I mean, Yo, uh, Yo Gabba Gabba is something that is about appreciating art. Like right. I, I said at the beginning, it, it's kind of a show about it doesn't really teach you anything, but it does teach you. It's all relational stuff. Yeah, it teaches you how to care for other people, how to think about other people, but also how to appreciate differences that not everybody's the same. Uh, really, kind of uh, lessons that we still need to learn as adults. It's not just like ABCs and tying your shoes, right? And so well, every now and again, I do admit I struggle with tying my shoes. Yeah, I never learned my left and my right. So refresher it, it always has. It, it takes me a solid like one one thousand to figure out left and right. If you say oh, it's on the left, I I will quietly thank you. Yeah, if you see a blank kind of vacant look in my face, if you say it's on the left, like you'll see me trying to figure out which one's left. Me too. And I thought <laughs> something was developmentally wrong with yeah. me. No, no, I think that uh, where I I mean part of it is I spatially kind of don't know where I am in any given moment, but. <laughs> Uh, it also was a sense of, uh, I don't think I ever learned it in class. Like yeah. they never sat you down and said, this is left and this is right. I, right. It helps because I am right-handed. I would just think this is the hand I write with and this is the one that's left. See, that's interesting. Cause I went through a deep punk phase back in the day yeah. and I had my left eyebrow pierced. Hey. So wherever I remember seeing the steel piercing, that's yeah. left. Nice. Yeah. It's not that's there anymore. Yeah, and putting headphones on, like yep. at the beginning of this, I put the headphones on, it has a right and a left, and I was like, which way is <laughs> it? Yeah. Right. So, which sounds, I mean, to some people who don't struggle with that, they think, like, you guys are idiots. What's the dumbest thing? But no. not everybody can handle That's this right. stuff. My That's wife right. has a superhuman ability to know where she is at any given time. You could drop <laughs> her in the middle of anywhere on earth, and she will know where north is within about one second. Wow. You could say to me right now, I'll give you $20 if you could point north, and I don't think I would 
win that. I bet. could do that, but only because of nineteen, right? I'm yeah, behind and us. Even with nineteen behind us, that I just <laughs> drove on, I would assume that North is that way. Hey, you nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, all that is to say, we as adults, um, and kind of the whole point of this is that um, kid shows are like adult shows, like any media. So yeah. we we I mean, we said have this proliferation of media. The same thing for a parent for for grownups as well as for kids. There are so many options. There are so many options, and the options can be overwhelming. And we can use those options to just take us away. And sometimes it's good to have kind of sure. Sabbath and pull yourself out of stuff and. Um, Game of Thrones is something that uh, distracts us from everything, and and uh, we've got the the last one is coming up on Sunday. I I have intentionally not renewed my HBO Go subscription because you're waiting for it. Because so I'm this is the for, time you could yeah. renew it today. I could, yeah, because you get like a get week the free trial. Yeah, right. yeah. But my problem is I've been watching on social media, and everybody's like, season eight's terrible. It's uh. So I'm a little concerned. I'm yeah. still going to do it. Well, and the short that I would say is I don't think that the plot has been terrible. The way they have executed it has not been done. Okay. Well. All the results have been okay. It's just been poorly done. Yeah. It's almost as though George R.R. R. Martin told them, this is how it's going to end. And here's where everybody ends up. Yeah. And they, and they had the to figure out how to get there. And they did it very not gracefully. Like yeah. you can tell after when they hit the point where they went past the books, mm-hmm. like the character, especially characters they introduced later, like Euron, who is the worst character ever. <laughs> Uh, like just a dumb idiot who looks like uh, Joshua Jackson from yeah. uh, from uh, yes. from Dawson's Creek. Yes. He looks like crazy Pacey, <laughs> um, and he's always like, "Yeah, I can do it." Like he just thinks he, uh, he's just a terrible character. He just introduced out of nowhere. Like that would have been an, you could tell that that would have been an interesting character had they done any groundwork to kind of yeah. make us interested in this character. Like Ramsey, who's a terrible character, at least is plotted out yeah well. no they handled the terribleness very oh yeah, well. yeah 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 anyway that's uh but Another but game of thrones side. yeah game of thrones which is a, a good thing about imagination but it just kind of pulls us out of everything so right. it's a good it can be pacification and i mean any of the reality shows the real housewives of whatever the bachelor like any of these uh-huh. i would say that even more like game of thrones at least is telling a story that's making your mind think like yeah. things like the bachelor or survivor or stuff like those are entertaining but they don't there's nothing and especially a show like the bachelor which most people watch it thinking these people are terrible like you watch it really kind of criticizing the The contestants yeah Yeah. and think like if i knew a if i knew if i had a friend who said i guess when i'm gonna go to the bachelor i would really say like no please don't like you really (laughs) your reputation is not yeah nothing good will happen to you on that show the relationship that you form around that will not be good uh, but yeah, we watch them uh, because it's uh, it's chewing gum for your brain. Well, that's I, I used to when I had free time before there were children. Mm-hmm. Um, I would come home from work and watch Judge Judy. Yeah, because it was always on at four. Yeah, that was about when I got home from work. And I said to people, so at least there was some confessional. I know this is what I'm doing. Yeah, you don't need a single brain cell to watch that show. Yeah, it just. For all the day's work and theology and thinking and like writing sermons and uh, all the brain activity, you come home and watch two people squabble over whose dog crapped in their yard. Yeah. And there's always a winner and it's always Judge Judy. That's so true. Like that's the thing is like at the end you think both these people are dumb. Yeah. But Judge Judy's great. But there's absolutely no edifying of it. So like no. that's okay when you're It makes you home feel smarter work. than people. That's, I think yeah, that's a little what bit. it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, but but so what does this have to do with theology? Is I'm the glad you asked. Yeah, what does this tell us about God? Is that I think that there are we 
it's not bad to have these things. Like uh-huh. we, we do have, there's a reason why the, the pattern of the week, uh, and, and the story that we have in Genesis is God creates a day for rest that we need Sabbath. Yeah. Sabbath is an important thing, not just physical rest, but mental rest. We need a break from stuff. And especially now because there's so much media and so much of it is overwhelming. There's news uh, about things that are bigger and bigger that we cannot change. Yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, it's not small problems. It's big problems. And there are small problems too. And even the big problems have, they start with small uh, actions, like the way we, we address those things, but it can be overwhelming. Like you learn about um, global um, uh, global warming or um, human trafficking or things like that. And it can become so overwhelming. You just become numb to it and you think, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So we do need times where we can just watch uh, I can sit down and watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air for thirty minutes, and just like go away. Yeah, and that's a good thing. And so we we need to not discount um, kind of uh, binge TV or, or or things like that. And even for our kids, our kids need breaks like that too. Right. But that um, looking at are the things that we're using are they telling us stories that are helpful for us, and that you can have something relaxing like the Elmo situation, like. <laughs> is is the lesson that we're learning through this show something that is actually telling us something that's bad yeah um that uh, game of thrones can be a really good show because there are good people on it right and so if the if the moral of the story is everything's terrible and like Ramsey's the good guy. No, that's a bad story. <laughs> but it, we do have a Jon Snow. I mean, yeah. we do have, uh, there's a couple, there's, there's elements of light in that story. Uh-huh. And that it's important for us that if we have the option to watch a show where Elmo is the hero or a story, a show where Big Bird is the hero, we should watch Big Bird. Yeah. And if we could watch a show where um, it's just a bunch of jingly flashy lights like um, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or a show like um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, where it is someone who who is kind of forcing us to slow down, make yeah. us think about other people. Um, well, that's that. I think there's a that yes to that in terms of entertainment, but I think when you said what's the theology behind all this too, my mind jumped to the churches that tell the same feel good stories yeah. over and over and over and over again. Yeah, um, and that's great like i need the feel-good story from time to time you know i need to know where god is and how god feels about me and it's good news but there's a lot of challenge in there too yeah and if all you're getting is the same pacifying message week after week after week after week after week if there's no community to push you through any of that if there's no big bird asking the why question if there's no if it's just a distraction that's not good right but if it's an actual um if it's a pause if it's a i mean psalms have this word called selah yeah in them which is a word that it's a hebrew word that we don't know how to translate so if you look in your bible and especially in the psalms it appears like one other place i think ecclesiastes yeah and it just says selah it's like at the end of usually it's in the text and it's over the side and the best they can tell is it's like a musical notation because the psalms are songs and Selah basically, again, the best I can tell is it just means wait yeah. or pause or, or stop and reflect. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, the best, would, I always translate it as stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> uh, Which best. is really good. And yeah. And, I, and, and it's, it's, I mean, it's not unlike when Jesus says, let him who has ears hear. Yeah. Uh, basically like saying, think, of, think about it. 
stop what you what you just heard was worth listening to. Yeah. And so think about that. And if the moments of Sabbath that we have still should give us pause, still should give us a sense of there's something here. And yeah. I mean, Mr. Rogers deals with good stuff. Like the, the criticism people say of Mr. Rogers, he's always saying, I like you just the way you are. And yes, he is saying that. That's a right. message that we all need to hear. Right. But he also is, is recognizing that there are people in the world. And I mean, on Mr. Rogers, you'd get uh, Lady Elaine, who mm-hmm. is a jerk. Yeah. And King Friday, who is a jerk. And he knows that they're jerks. Like uh, Mr. Rogers doesn't try to say like, oh, no, this is the right way to do things. Like right. King no, Friday up. is bossy and wants, and is always wrong, but is always <laughs> forces people to say that he's right. Yeah. And it shows a bunch of people who are his friend. And yeah. they know that he needs that. And they kind of give it to him, but they do call him out on stuff. Yep. And same thing with Lady Elaine, that that she's mean because she doesn't like herself. And really the last episode of Mr. Rogers, the closest thing it has to like closure is in make believe uh, Lady Elaine says, uh, I, um, I couldn't like anybody else because I didn't like myself. Huh. And now I love myself. So I can love anybody. Yeah. And it was like, what? <laughs> like I was, I didn't, I, I had never noticed that before because it was from when I was a little kid and it was like, oh, that's, but that's it. And I, but usually it would just be like, Lady Elaine's mean. Like she's a cautionary tale. Don't be like Lady Elaine. And yeah, don't be like Lady Elaine, but know that you live in a world where there's a bunch of Lady Elaine's. Yeah. And, and, and figuring that out about them helps you deal with them too. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and that dealing with them isn't just making them like us. And that's, mm-hmm. I think. You a lot of in a lot of kids shows are like this is that the way that we solve everything is by everybody assimilating into one thing and right. that's how the church occup like church communicates a lot of times that the way you be a Christian is like us become like us and that's not no. the reality no and that'd the, be boring and that's absolutely the the opposite of what God is saying and what the Bible is saying we're the body of Christ that we have multiple parts and all these different parts come together and they're great yeah and so we need a yoga Gabba and we need. <laughs> Uh, a Mr. Rogers and we need imagination movers and we need blues clues and we need bear in the big blue house and all of these other things uh, and the stuff that we grew up with and, and even Yogi bear. And there's even room for uh, scrappy do who's the worst <laughs> yeah. character I think in Western society. Yeah. Um, but, but that we have to deal like that there are scrappy do's in our lives and we need to, <laughs> instead of trying to turn them into something else, we need to recognize that we can still be in community with them. And uh, so I, I, being in this time in our life, in my life, and, and especially in your life where we are a huge part of the media that we are uh. Uh, engaged in, whether passively or not, yeah. is this media that's telling a message. And that even <clears throat> we as, as adults, we, I mean, it's the same problem, regardless of what age you are, whether you're a teenager or a college kid or uh, an adult, a single adult or a, a grown adult with, with young kids or grown kids. Like we all are exposing ourselves to media depending yeah. on how, if you watch one hour of TV a month or you watch one hour of TV per hour, yeah. uh, <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just exposing ourselves to, um, things that can influence us. And so they all should be challenging on certain levels and help us to grow and help us to learn and, uh, but they should give us access to different viewpoints and recognizing that uh, we're really called into a beautiful uh, kaleidoscope of things Aww. with lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> so just like those, uh, the shiny uh, images from uh, Baby Mozart. Yeah. It all comes back yeah, around. Those the baby. <laughs> little things that seem like 
everybody should know that it's nice to have permissions nice to have reminders of that and as the church we need to not forget the simple truths i think we get especially with adults um once you get to a certain point you're like i shouldn't ask this simple question or i should have figured this out by now but we still need reminders we still need um someone to come in and say yeah not all the dominoes fell yeah but a bunch of them did yeah and it doesn't matter if they all fell it was really cool that most of them did yeah and uh I think that sometimes in life you just need Mr. Rogers to come in and say, hmm. it's going to be okay. And I still like you yeah. the way you are right now. So here's my Twitter question based yeah. on all that. Uh, to, to those of you listening, uh, hit us up on Rough the Pastor. Rough the Pastor. Roughing the Pastor if you're yep. on, inst- on uh, Instagram. Yep. What ch- what media, let's go with media. Yeah. Doesn't have to be children's stuff, but what media legitimately changed you as a person? Yeah. Spoiler alert! I'm willing. To, this is my future predictions again because I was actually pretty good with the ones you we did really before. were. Yeah, I bet none of it anybody comes up with will be specifically Christian based. You don't think uh, uh, chasing the giants or whatever that? Really don't. Yeah, I really, really don't. But what media is it that's transformed you in any kind of positive yeah. way? And especially um, in a surprise kind of way. Yeah. Like I always like this one's catch up guy. Like, oh, oh, man, oh, that no. did something. Yeah. Which, by the by, end game. But we'll come back oh, to that. Oh man, later. yeah, we do need to. We we need to actually have a processing event game at some point to yeah. really break that down. So yeah, follow. Uh, so rough the pastor on Twitter, roughing the pastor on Instagram. Uh, we also have our own individual tweeters. Yes, true. Yeah, which are our names? Yep, at Jason Fryer, F R E Y E R. Is there an underscore? No underscore. Uh, yes, underscore. Okay, it's also on the rough the pastor Twitter. Yeah. like they're linked in there. So J- Jason us. Fryer. Spelled not like it sounds. Right. And uh, Tyler Domsky. Yeah. Also spelled not like it sounds, I guess. Also D-O- true. D-O-M-S-K-E. Yeah. And we're both on Spotify. Yeah. And so you can follow us there, especially follow for, I'm making some playlists and stuff. And That's so, so exciting. Maybe I'll put together, I think I'll put together a playlist of good kids songs with like imagination movies and stuff. Oh like yeah. That, like solid stuff. I'll be into that. Any parents should listen to and stuff that is not just for kids. Yeah. Like stuff that's enjoyable to listen to even if you don't have kids. You just like good, good old fashioned like rock music. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go uh, hit the pool later today and kind of relax. And I'm glad we did all the work that we needed to do. <laughs> the pool. Uh, here, here yeah. Okay. The, uh, it looks like we're done. I'm um, ready to leave. I'm, I sure hope no oh, one wait. will interrupt me. Hey, it's Bartleby. How you doing, Bartleby? Spring is my favorite season. And I don't know why that is, because yeah. it's the same temperature inside all day. We don't let you go outside. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, you got anything for us, Bartleby? Just a few. Several right. things. Thank you. Okay, Bartleby. Oh yeah, we had. There's a lot of just uh, not. Uh, so these are less mistakes and more just things we couldn't come up with. Okay. So, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was written by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, uh, not a grandfather and grandson or father and son situation, but uh, I think Kevin Eastman's uncle loaned them money oh. to write it, and it was written in 1984, and it was. Hyper violent at first. <laughs> yeah. They, well, they, yeah, they are running around with swords and sides yeah. and stuff. Like, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah, That's so the original thing. ones are, were pretty violent. And they originally wrote it to be like a satire on a bunch of different things, but then huh. people loved it. So then 1987, the, the cartoon started. Uh, the rabbit samurai mm-hmm. is named uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Okay. That's the guy's name. He was both in the cartoon and in the comic book. And it was a separate uh, comic book. They just called him Usagi in the in the show. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it's Rabbit Samurai. Look it up online. Right, Usagi yeah. Ojimbo. Apparently, Bartleby has been doing nothing but watching the show while we've been making this podcast. So It's my favorite show.
that's, that's good. All that's right. cute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the uh, voice of Daisy Duck, uh, which I really struggled to find out, is a, an actress named Tress McNeil. Ah. Tress McNeil, who does a bunch of voices yeah, for in everything. Futurama, Simpsons, things like that. Uh, and speaking of Simpsons, I think I said uh, Marsha Hayden was that voice. Mm-hmm. There's Marsha Wallace, who is the voice of Mrs. Krumapple, and Pamela Hayden, who was the voice of Millhouse. Oh. And uh, yeah, Tress McNeil is in a ton. She's of stuff. in everything. Yeah, she really is. Like it's once you get that voice in your head, you're like, oh yeah, she's in everything. And her Daisy voice sounds out of place because it's like this isn't Daisy's voice. This is the voice from everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we should do an entire episode on Futurama. Oh, absolutely, we should do. I it. could do. I could fill. We hours. need a Simpsons episode and yeah. we need a Futurama episode. Yeah. Um, not back to back, but, no. but coming up. Give, give some room to breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Bartleby, anything else? All right, uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, you really help us out, and I know we give you a lot of grief, but uh, thank you. I have a sock. No, no, no socks. Come on, we know how that works. This is why I can't say nice things to you because you think I'm going to give you clothes. Until next time, I'm Jay. And I'm Tyler. And this has been Roughing, Roughing the, the Pastor. Pastor. See you guys. I hope that you are doing well. Yeah. Bye.